0: Hello and welcome to a late night latte on Latte Firm. Arsenal have been pumped by four goals to one at the Etihad by Manchester City. Ah, uh, This is going to be a painful, painful episode. I must warn you now, there will be images that will disturb you, that will haunt you, that will bring back all the memories from last night. But the show must go on and we must dissect what happened and just talk about how we feel and Maybe get some therapy. I don't know. I've got a great panel. Uh, sorry on that I'm late. Obviously, Spurs, you can rely on them to put on a bit of a show. Um, most weeks, it's been garbage football. But tonight, taking a point off Manchester United. Lots of people in the chat. Let's go through some of the comments very quickly. Alpha, evening, FK, comfort snacks tonight. I still believe it isn't over yet. But after a day of abuse, I feel more proud than sad. The haters wish they were in a title race. Come on, you gunners. Time to bounce back. I appreciate that. My voice obviously is uh, just it's just gone. Tamina Ahmed, who's been very active in the chat, says it should have been a pen to Arsenal yesterday—the Haaland penalty. She also goes on to say, "Hi, how are you doing today? I'm 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 in severe pain. If I'm being honest with you, uh, it's not been the funnest twenty-four hours. Went to the game, got back home at half four in the morning. Had to be at my desk for eight a.m. Spent the whole day at work. Came home. Uh, now I'm doing this. I've got to be at Houston tomorrow morning for 7.13am to go back to Manchester for work. Yeah, it's not been the best uh, 24 hours, I'll be honest with you, but uh, Tamina, welcome to the show. Uncle Doris says, evening all. Oysen says, good evening, fo- uh, good night folks. Uh, Uncle uh, Doris also saying, Arsenal was soundly beaten. We can have no complaints about the officiating, nor would I complain about personnel problem was structural. Arteta stuck doggedly to his plan and it cost us. We will talk about that. Henko Evening FK panel and chat. Forget the City game. Let's focus on the remaining 15 points left to play for. Don't let City get an easy run in. Uh, We will keep going through your comments, so keep them coming. If you've just tuned in, do drop a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if you're new. We are getting closer and closer and closer to 20,000 subscribers, which would be unbelievable. So thank you for taking the time to tune in. Right, let's bring in our first uh, guest tonight. He didn't co-host the post-match phone-in last time because it was past his bedtime. Uh, he needs no introduction. It is, of course, Wayne. Welcome to the post-match light night latte. I've lost for words. Wayne, how are you, man?
1: I've got a bone pick with about that. You told me we were going to do it tomorrow. Yesterday, you told me we were going to do it tomorrow. So I went to bed you then made it half an hour earlier. And I could have done it if you said to me, let's do 11. But you told me 11.30. Uh, you're a disgrace to your federation, viewer.
0: You know what? Yesterday was it was just a mess. I blame Wally. He was just like, bro, are you not going to do a space when we got in the car? And I was like, yeah, yeah, but Wayne's already gone to bed. And he was like, hey, don't worry about it. So is Wally sneaking? Wally sneaking?
1: How was Akbar's, at least?
0: Akbar's was sensational. If you guys have never been um there's an akbar's in manchester in birmingham in newcastle in scotland indian restaurant absolutely phenomenal food and uh, wally and i we ate like kings we feasted like kings and the food always hits better when we've been slapped so i'm not gonna lie that that naan, I've, the chick chicken rogan the lamb karai, oh
1: i um i've actually been to the one in bradford and had the massive none that's bigger than everyone's hopes and dreams yeah. combined is
0: it's, it's classic so, talking yeah. to bradford let's bring in the homeboy uh it is of course yam belly verse 59 <laughs> how are you Yen? i'm only homeboy from through my wife that's it. No.
2: and also i did live there for two years oh god that's technicality no uh okay. oh, pain pain i'm in pain i'm honestly in pain it, it it's consumed me the whole day i i honestly i i couldn't think about anything else yesterday and i couldn't think of anything else today it's
0: really dug my head in. Yeah, I don't even know why we're doing this, man. I'm beyond tired. I'm on two a and a half hours to sleep. You're a sadist. I need, to get, I need to get to bed and I need to wee up at five o'clock again tomorrow morning. Let's bring in the fourth panelist. Um It's James. James, welcome to the Late Night Latte. The face says it all. How are you, man?
3: Got it. Um, in all honesty, I didn't expect much from yesterday. I there was there was a glimmer, a small amount of hope in me, but I kind of thought that after the West Ham game and the Southampton game, that it was always going to be an uphill battle. Um, the thing that just pains me the most is we didn't lay, a, as we've all said, we didn't lay a glove on them yesterday. It really showed, yeah, it, was, it was like men against boys and it was almost a bit embarrassing at times. And it's frustrating because we know how far we've come this season. But I just think a combination of Arteta getting a few things wrong, the players just being shell-shocked by how they couldn't get close to City. And then it, it was horrible to watch because in the past we've seen, even last season, when we pushed City so close, we've felt that and we know that at our best we can do it. Uh, but yesterday was just nothing like that. It, was, it felt like City were playing a mid-table team. We, we had absolutely nothing in the game.
0: There was a gulf. There was a gulf in, in class and quality. In just approach to the game, we'll talk about all of that sort of stuff. And I want to get all your thoughts. And, you know, it has been 24 hours. And I guess I've been really f- reflecting. You know, I've not been able to think about much, obviously, today. Been at work, but just constantly thinking about moments in the game. Um, and we'll cover all of that. But before we do, let's just get through some more of the chat because it's been very active. We're, we're, we're obviously running a little bit late tonight. But KSSMYW says, Evening FK, evening chat. Tough game yesterday. We were beaten, but let's not get it twisted. The boys have achieved massively so far this season. We need to support them so they finish as high as possible. I mean, I'm assuming we'll hold on to top two, but of course it depends on how much our asses drop off now and see if we can recover against Chelsea and Newcastle and Brighton. Um, Uncle Doris says, let's have some likes, folks. Thank you very much, Uncle Doris. Yeah, let's have some likes. Um, 100 of you watching live right now, which is amazing. Please do drop a like in the video, subscribe to the channel. Shane McDonald says, still feel sick. Yeah, man. I still feel sick. Absolutely. KS. I'm staying deluded until the end of the season. There's one more twist. No point giving up with five games to go. Crazy things have happened. Well, we need two more twists, my friend. We need two more twists. Uh, Asif says, Latte Firm, providing the therapy we all need after yesterday's performance. Yeah, we are going to do that. We're going to tuck in. In fact, let's do that. Sohan Bandari also saying therapy session today. Um, Yeah, we need to do that. Um, Wayne, we did the pre-match sort of preview last week you were on the show we all joked about a positive sort of score prediction i think all of us thought yeah you know what let's, let's just be positive and end you know and think we're gonna win um 24 hours on how are you feeling about it or how have you digested it it was a in the end turned into quite an embarrassingly one-sided affair they've scored four past us on another night could have been five or six um how do you feel how does that make you feel
1: I was a little bit shell-shocked, to be honest with you, because I think a lot of us knew in the back of our mind that losing to City was a distinct possibility. But I don't think anyone really considered the fact that we'd be humiliated like that. And it wasn't just a humiliation in the sense of, in the past, where we've gone to Anfield and been battered by five or six. That's just embarrassing, and we've not shown up, and we've been a poor team, and it's just been an all-round humiliation, but you can kind of laugh at yourselves a little bit with some of the players and some of the situations that have happened. I'm thinking about when Firmino walked through and about five, six of our defenders have fallen on the floor. We get battered, but we can kind of laugh at ourselves a little bit. We got battered by Manchester City who who didn't even really look like they left third gear at best. They walked through us at ease. They created chance after chance after chance. And we were dismantled in a way that I haven't seen us be dismantled this season. And it was a complete shock to my system because I wasn't expecting that. And the team is better than that. The performances that we've seen this season have shown us that we are better than what we we showed against Manchester City. But we looked scared. From minute one, we just looked scared. And... The one positive I guess you can take away from it is, if if anything, three times we've played Manchester City this season and three times Pep has done something different. And three times he's shown us a little bit of respect to go up another notch. Yesterday, it it, it sounds simple, but playing De Bruyne just as a pure 10 and a 4-2-3-1 and having a double pivot, and all of the conversations Arsenal fans were, ha- were having pre-game was, can we change a system? Can we do something a little bit different? Pep is the best in the business right now. he done something a little bit different and he just slapped us with it. Something so simple, so small, and we just got 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 punished so badly. And it was a real, real shock to my system.
3: Just just to follow on from that, Wayne, I think also the fact that Pep made, made those slight tweaks is one of the reasons why the game went the way it was because Pep knew that Arteta... Knows how to set up against him. And in the League Cup, was it League? No, in the FA Cup, sorry. Um, we went man for man and um, pretty much nullified them. We we lost to, it was a very even game. We lost to um, that Ake goal, um, but we didn't concede many chances and kept Haaland relatively quiet. But he knew that we were staying tight on Haaland and we were going forward with him. So he's seen that and gone, right, okay, so if I have De Bruyne run past him, then who's going to track De Bruyne? So he's seen how we've responded to them and adapted. But what we've not done is adapted ourselves, which frustrated me because Arteta came with his game plan and he said, he said, I'm going to stay loyal. Or I think he said after the game, he stayed loyal to those who got there. And I do respect that. But the problem is Pep changed something which threw off our complete game plan. And I think at times, I think it was naive to go into the game Thinking we could have played exactly the same way we did against West Ham and Southampton, and not change anything, and that something would be different because we aren't going to beat this City team blow for blow. If we were going to beat them today, just because of how we've been recently and having holding in the team, I think we'd have had to change something up um, to be able to win. And I found I was a bit frustrated, and I think a lot of people when they saw the lineup, whilst well, probably not surprised, what came out. Uh, we're a bit disappointed that um, no changes were made.
0: Yeah. Uncle Doris has just said in the chat uh, to James's point about the lineup. Once I saw the team sheet, I knew it was over and there was a great tweet, a couple of tweets by a chap called Michael Kashani, who I think maybe some of us follow on, uh, on Twitter where he said something like, you know, we've had holding in the team now for a few games and it's just not worked. And, we should and you know, while he's got sympathy for Arteta and that he hasn't got the squad depth of city, you know, perhaps he should have tried something a little bit different because it was almost inevitable. So, yeah, when you saw the lineup, when it was announced, what were you what was going through your mind? Because lots of Arsenal fans were thinking, right, tonight's tonight, holding is just not gonna play. He's gonna try something different, maybe three at the back, maybe Tierney comes in, Kivi or maybe might might play, maybe Party goes to right back or even centre back and brings Jorginho into the middle. Maybe Trossard's going to play after a really impressive, you know, uh, couple of performances. What were you thinking, Jim? Yeah? He'd keep the t- I was not surprised at all.
2: Arteta is not that it's not that manager who make, you know, to to James and Wayne's point where Pep has been, you know, he's been flexible enough to make changes. Arteta really does. He doesn't like changing personnel rare, you know, really he's persisted and persisted with this same team for a couple of weeks now, and and to your point, Faisal, that and it hasn't worked. But yet he's persisted. After that West Ham game where we clanged so badly, we were two up and comfortable, and then it all fell apart so quickly. That should have sent the alarm bells ringing to Arteta, going, "Hold on, what happened here? It, it's not been great." Even actually, in the um, Leeds and Crystal Palace games, there were moments there where I, I, I you and I, could see we, you know. It's not exactly comfortable. We were winning, but we had moments of discomfort, and that discomfort has permeated through into you know those those draws and now into the city game. But he, I'm known. He doesn't change much. He never does. He doesn't like changing shape. He doesn't like making personnel changes. He's very loyal to a fault at, at points. It, and we'll talk about his lack of rotation as well affecting the squad. But he's a. I find it a little bit too rigid sometimes when you cannot realise to your point that there is something clearly wrong and there is something clearly wrong because again, I've beaten the holding stick so many times it's getting ridiculous now but it, he is destabilising the whole back line and you do, to your point, have to make something different but I, he's not going to do it I am I will guarantee you against Chelsea he will play again because he just doesn't, he, he can't do it for some reason, he just doesn't rotate and doesn't want to drop holding. He likes this whole left footer, right footer, giving the balance kind of thing. But we're losing that. We're losing A, our high line, which has you know got us to where we were. It's lost us the ability to recover our pace because we're having to play so deep. And it's compromising our fullbacks, our defensive midfield, who looks absolutely shambolic right now because of that. I'm not saying that's the only reason, but it's partly the reason. And it's, but again, I I'm being honest. He will not change it, and I don't know why.
0: Yeah, look, Arteta's obviously got his ways. He's got his values. He's he's got his regulars, um, and he, he's obviously got his reasons as well as to why he's played the team that he has. Um, Obviously, look, as as per the graphics on screen, courtesy of Arsenal.com, it was a painful defeat, four goals to one. And I think it's time we sort of looked at where it all sort of went wrong and and, and why it was so convincing. Um, We'll give closing thoughts on the game, of course, as we wrap up towards the end of the show. But in terms of match stats and key moments, here they are, courtesy of Premier League.com. Now, the game was described as obviously the title showdown, as you can see on that image. Arsenal, the Arsenal, going to Manchester City. The world was watching. It was a chance for Arsenal to go and Maybe put a few things right. You know, we dropped points against Liverpool. We dropped points against uh, West Ham, Southampton. We maybe and, and arguably should have gone in, you know, seven points clear, nine points clear, even 11 points clear based on results uh, that I've just mentioned. But I think it turned into quite an embarrassing sort of one-sided affair. And Man City brought the game. They they brought their A game and they really, really laid it out on us. If you look at the, some of the stats, courtesy of Opta analysts, as you guys can see on screen now, the goal scored uh, by Manchester City. Four of those, 2.1 XG to 0.5 for Arsenal. 14 shots on goal for Manchester City. Eight for Arsenal, didn't feel like that. Nine shots on goal for Manchester City on target. Uh, It certainly did feel like that. Uh, And only two from from Arsenal possession, fairly even. The shot map on the left-hand side, Manchester City's, the larger the circle, the higher the XG and the pinky red are where they got the goals. Um, When you look at the stats, Wayne, I mean it's it's fairly comprehensive and actually i don't think that the stats kind of do the game justice because being in the stadium it was so one-sided like from the first minute as soon as the ref blew their press was intense they were um attacking with with um tenacity and within a couple of minutes thomas party's making a blocking sort of a block deep in our own area ramsdale's making a save. And of course, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, as he scored, you know, seven minutes, neat little move, Haaland holding the ball up and De Bruyne just sort of storming through. And we'll talk about Ramsdale and maybe the defence, but they could have scored four or five in the first half alone, Wayne. Um, I mean, you're nodding in agreement. When you look at the stats, is, is that just more painful?
1: Do you know what? I, watching the game and thinking about the game, those stats have actually come out quite well for us. <laughs> Because I, I thought they It had felt worse, than, didn't it? I thought they had more than 14 shots in the first half, let alone the whole game. But um, I'm more surprised at the fact that we had 48% possession. Because I think in that first half, obviously we were watching it on, on BT Sport, um, those of us that are in the UK. I think that there was a spell in that first half where Man City had about 90% possession and we had 10%. And that was for a five, 10-minute period and we just couldn't do anything. So I was ve- I'm very surprised that we even made it to 48% possession. But we just did nothing with it. And it wasn't even a situation where we can say we played poorly. It's simply because they didn't allow us to play at all. So anytime we had the opportunity to get forward, anytime we had the opportunity to create something, they were just all over us. So we didn't <laughs> we didn't even really on the night do much wrong from an attacking standpoint. They were just swarming us that we just couldn't couldn't get any anything going and it was just I think we'll probably use this phrase quite often it was just men against boys they showed up they were physically dominant and they just looked bigger than us all over the pitch and I know we've got sort of smaller diminutive players like Saka Martinelli but throughout times this season they've looked physically strong they've gone at defenders and they've looked powerful even though they're not. Standard that type of player, but up against Manchester City, it was, it was like, it was like Space Jam, where the monsters came out and they're all big and scary, and you're just up against with whichever whichever character is just there cowering in the corner, and it was it was so so disappointing because technically, I feel like we we could have given them a good game, but they they just nullified us from minute one,
0: James. Wayne uses the word swarm. They swarmed us. They were, I said, you know, they flew out the blocks and they were so tenacious. They were really intense with their press from from, from from the get-go. And this image on the left-hand side will show you our touch map. And we're shooting left to right in that image. So you can see 42% of our touches were in our own third, just in, in our own sort of defensive third penalty area and just outside. And you look at the numbers, you know, the percentages of touches that Arsenal have had in those areas of the pitch. Tells you what you need to know. I mean, that defines just beautifully how Manchester City really sort of suffocated us and pinned us back.
3: Well, we it's interesting as well because we, this season, have been one of the best teams in terms of having touched in the opponent's box. Um, Jesus has been, up, at least for, per 90, he's been up there with anyone in the league for it. We are typically the team that do that. Um, but this is why the possession stat basically means nothing because City gave us possession when they wanted to. They they had a little break. They gave us the ball in our own final in our own third um, and took took a rest. And then when they wanted to, they squeezed the ball out of us and created false transitions, which gave them the opportunity to use the pace of Haaland and De Bruyne in behind. Um, and I agree with Wayne's point about the physicality. And it is interesting because if you think about some of their players, your Bernardo Silva of this world isn't the most physical of players, but I think just the occasion really intimidated us Um, because what what I was thinking going into the game and even after, still that game, a lot of our players wouldn't look out of of place in their team. So if you individually put Martinelli for left wing for them, he'd be fine for them. If you put Sacco right wing for them, he'd start for them, all of this. But then when you compare both teams as a whole... It was like, wow, this is such a golfing class. Um, I think part of it comes down to the big players on the big occasions. They're Haaland's, De Bruyne's, Rodri's. Um, They're battle-hardened. They know how to deal with these situations. And in all honesty, they are still just a level above our players. Arteta said himself, he said, when Saka and Martinelli want to be in these conversations, they've got to do it at the highest level. And he says, they know this too. Um, And I don't blame them. They tried. They tried. I think a lot of the players tried, but we just looked completely overwhelmed by the occasion and physical battles, which usually you'd say Saka could get something out of Ake. Um, they none of our wingers got a sniff, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I, I just to go back to the line that we were talking about previously. I thought it was interesting that Arteta wasn't willing to play a left-footed centre-back at right centre-back, and Pep effectively played. Um, a right-footed centre-back at left-back. Um, so that shows that I think Pep nowadays has evolved and is willing to compromise on his beliefs if it's necessary. Um, but I think Arteta is still at this stage where he's so rigid in his thinking. And I do understand because it's got us here, but especially when you're getting into late-stage Champions League, for example, you need to have a little bit of flexibility because you won't always have that perfect eleven available.
0: Lucy's in the chat, as you can see, guys. The boys look physically and mentally exhausted. The pressure on such a young team with no rotation is too much. That's really interesting, Lucy, because there's a couple of things that I wanted to kind of mention before I bring them into the chat. We know that we've got the thinnest squad in the league and the the youngest squad in the league, therefore the most most inexperienced squad in the league. And to your point, James, Man City have been here, done that. You know, they've got the T-shirts, they've got the Premier League medals to show for it, four Premier League titles in five years. Pep has managed his squad beautifully. I know he's gifted with lots of talent, the best players in the world, frightening talent. You know, you you can only look in awe in terms of like the riches that that this club has in terms of spending. And he's cobbled together um, a team that is now competing for the treble. And that is the benchmark. You know, they are the standard. They're the current Premier League champions. Everything they do with regards to application on the pitch, the the type of players they've got, the coach they've got, that's exactly where Arsenal want to be. And, you know, when I looked at the City eleven, every single player is just top class. When you look at the bench, you just think, fucking hell, these guys, they could walk into most. Mahrez is on the bench, comes on as a sub, scored a hat-trick at Wembley at the weekend. I mean, it's just a ridiculous choice of options they've got. And to Wayne's point, they are physically so intimidating like I, I had the pleasure of watching the game uh, in the stadium um next to Tim Stillman of the excellent Arsenal Vision podcast and about an hour into the game I just sort of turned to Tim and said Tim did you ever watch Scooby-Doo when you were a kid he was like yeah when you look at Arsenal players trying to sort of you know Saka trying to manhandle a Kanji or you know Ben White trying to get you know over Rodri or whatever I do just picking right random examples it just reminded me of Scrappy-Doo trying to take on the villain like we just looked so small and so weak and so like young. Like these guys look like men. Like you look at the four centre backs that City were playing in in their defensive. Okay, Carl Walker and three centre backs. Giants. Rodri's a tank in midfield. Haaland is a brute. Like the physicality, the gap in physicality between the two sides was so evident. And I came away from the ground thinking, right, that is one thing Mikel absolutely needs to address this summer. We need muscle, we need dynamism, we need physicality, we need, we need, uh, I hate to say it, men, but you said it, Wayne, like men versus boys, I get it. But we need proper, proper, hardcore players that are going to leave a bit out there.
3: Sorry to interrupt, but we have been that team in certain games this season, the opposition will have come out of games and thought, bloody hell, they've got Saliba, um, Saliba Gabriel and White at the back. How, how are we supposed to penetrate these? They've got Sacra Martinelli, who are so strong, so direct. Um, but yeah, so that's why I think, whilst yes, I do agree we could add a rise to midfield, for example. But at times, where were those players? Gabriel just didn't look, didn't look himself. He wasn't winning those duels like he usually does. Um, so there, I think definitely there is a mental side of it. Um, because Jesus as well, we've played we've played teams where Jesus has been able to pin every centre back and spin them. But just as I say, yesterday we didn't see any of that. I think for yeah, me,
1: as, I on. think
3: so before we
1: move on. I think for me, it's not it's not just a physique or a size type thing. I think Pep has mastered the art now of getting his team to peak at this time of every season. And I think <clears> where we have gone wrong is we've played the same 11 from today, uh, to yesterday. And we will continue to pretty much play the same eleven unless we're forced to do otherwise until the end of the season. Before the World Cup, there were times where Kevin De Bruyne wasn't even coming off the bench for Manchester City. And everyone was asking what's going on with De Bruyne. Have they had a falling out with Pep? And before, it's not the first time that De Bruyne's been taken out of the team. He's done it with Gundogan. He's done it with Bernardo Silva. He's done it with Jack Grealish. And all of these players are taken out of the limelight. for it's not only a week. They don't start games for three, four, five, six weeks. You don't see them. You don't hear from them. But then when it comes to crunch time in in sort of March, April, May, the best 11 are back out there looking like they're good to go. Whereas at times against Manchester City, and it wasn't only because of the way Man City played us. We just felt like we were blowing a little bit.
3: And that's why also you say about the mental, physical fatigue. And that's why the mental fatigue as well, because these players that we've got, Saka Martinelli, all of the players that have started over 30 games for us, they've been in the limelight every week. They've had the criticism. They've had the highs and the lows of winning games and losing games and being top the whole time. And City have just been there quietly, five or so points behind us the whole time. No pressure on them, doing their thing. But every week and people were using this as a stick to bash us with we're an overly emotional team and it has we've benefited so many times this season from it because games like Bournemouth when we came back games like Villa when we came back I don't think if we weren't this if we yeah weren't this emotional I don't think we'd have we'd have made those comebacks but as a result I just think it drained us so much because when you've got 20 cup finals that's that's a lot to go through and this is why you'll never hear City say oh we have 10 cup finals he'll just say yeah we're just we're just we're just playing football it's not even it's not even a big deal to them so yeah I think just these players are absolutely emotionally exhausted
0: and you know Pep has managed the City squad really well you know it's no coincidence that you know Nathan Aki of course was missing through injury but every other player is fit you look at the bench they are ready Uh, this is the crunch time of the season and where we were thinking they might drop a point or two here or there. And they still might, they still might, but they, they've just got the bit between their teeth. Yeah, uh, I want to bring you in, but before I do that, just a couple of points here. Ash says a good summer will be challenging again next year. That's that's a very salient point. I think that, I, that was my general feeling. What I've seen from this team, what I've seen from the manager, what I've seen in terms of our team structure, the way that we play, there's a lot to be encouraged about. Uh, and if we get the build right in the summer, we'll absolutely be back. Uh, there's another one here, Sanjana saying... Um, we don't have the luxury to rest players in January, February, etc., and play them fully fresh now. That's a very, very valid point, fair challenge. We do have a thin squad, but, you know, again, if we can address that in the summer, bring in a couple of midfielders, maybe a, a wing back and another forward, um, then we're cooking. Uh, Yem, yeah, the attacking threat chart on the right-hand side, this is also courtesy of Opta Analyst. This is something that we've seen... Um, the shoe on the other foot for most of this season, where Arsenal have really dominated possession, controlled games, suffocated, intimidated our opponents. But Manchester City, I mean, look at that first half. It's like ah, oh, They've absolutely battered us. I mean, it could have been four or five um, just at half time. We did make a go of it in the second half. Um, and for Manchester City, you know, you probably foot off the gas and just a bit of control. Um, when you see that, Yem. Yeah. It kind of highlights, and we talked about the personnel. We talked about Guardiola being experienced, but in terms of the game, it was it was just one sided. We were never really in it. We couldn't lay we couldn't lay a finger, let alone a glove. No,
2: look, the forty two percent is the most telling stat here. We were just passing side to side, backwards, backwards, because the press was intense. The first twenty minutes, I I've never seen us this season being suppressed so hard. And so effective. You can press look. The difference is we tried to press Man City the same way. You know, Erdogan tried to initiate the press on Edison, I think it was, and they absolutely bypassed us within two minutes to get to that goal that, that Kevin De Bruyne has scored. It's the difference at the moment. The, the fact is, is you cannot have a pressing team with a low with such a low block because we're we're our, our defense is so you know, near the goal because of holding's deficiencies. Again, I keep coming back to it, but unfortunately, is the most destabilizing element that you have a centre back who cannot play the high line, and all of your players have to drop deep. It negates anything that you do in terms of your personnel because you've got your forwards who want to play up high and press from the front, but you can't because there's such a big gap between the midfield. It it structurally causes problems, and then to add to it, Pep as James and Wayne alluded to, tweaked it ever so slightly to still create that box midfield and then initiate that Haaland was not the front lone front man. It was so clever, so small, but yet so clever. And it completely destabilised the press because our press was based on the fact that you go to Haaland, press him hard, and that's it. That's all you need. But they weren't counting on Kevin De Bruyne being the front runner. So it was a masterclass in just how to... You know, take a team who you knew were going to try and uh, you know press, you know, try and press you from the front, bypass the press, and then when you press on them, you make it so hard to get out to their main weapons, the wingers, which were which was our plan, and completely nullify it. We were nullified. There was nothing for us when it went to Zinchenko, who was trying to come into midfield. They were on us like anything, and it got so bad that Zinchenko in the second half had to go to the had to become a wide player again. So it just tells you that Pep has really studied from that, you know, as the lads alluded to, that FA Cup game really took on board the points because he knew that we'd had them at that day. He thought, I can beat this. And all I'm going to do is make some minor tweaks here and there. It's absolutely going to stabilize him." And the fact is, Arteta got schooled. He got schooled by his master. He didn't adjust. He looked lost there. There was a point where I looked at, you know, when he was on the TV I know you didn't see it, FK, but he just looked absolutely shell shocked because he knew what had happened, and he couldn't, he couldn't adjust, and he didn't adjust. He was, you know, you look, he's a fantastic manager. I am not going to, and he's in, you know, he's in the early stages of his career, and he's been taught a lesson, and it's a lesson he will have to learn, to make adjustments, to be, but you know, to to James's point where they rest players at the right time to get them ready for this time of the season. It's the first time we've challenged in the truest sense. And unfortunately, we've come out to the burnout point. We are burned out. There is no doubt of it. We can see it in some of these players. But it's all things that Arteta has to learn and to really take on board. These big games, the elite managers learn from what you've done before. You cannot rinse and repeat the same thing again because they will come at you. And (coughs) it got found out yesterday, Fies. That's
0: just the plain and simple it, of it. It, it, it. I agree with most of what you've said. I, 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 Arteta being schooled and, you know, you're sort of citing Peppers as an elite manager, which he is. Arteta is also an elite manager. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that in my mind. He, this guy is smart. This guy is ambitious. This guy is hungry. He is a perfectionist and a detail, uh, you know, the detailed sort of man. There's no doubt. I, I just think, you know, he couldn't really adjust we did make a change at half time. we were structurally different in the second half but he just hasn't got the personnel As so many people in the chat are saying like if if Arteta had a bit better squad a better bench he probably would have made some changes and I, I don't yeah I, I don't know I, I, that sort of sits uncomfortable with me um one, one thing that I do want to say uh Rebel in the chat saying we should have we should give Liverpool credit for what they did uh, to beat City, you need to have that mad mentality. It starts with mentality. Now, that wasn't even the comment. Sorry, guys. I think Robel said something along the lines of, Liverpool won the league with a thin squad or whatever it was. But yeah, they did. But Manchester City lost nine games in that league season. Manchester oh. City this season are flying with a robot scoring thousands of goals. They're going for the treble. It's completely chalk and cheese. Go on, yeah. So, so Faisal,
2: uh, let, let's talk about the, the elephant in the room. You made the point earlier. City can bring on a sixty pounds player in Mares a talent like Foden, and have got the... Nathan Ake was injured, yet they compensated with a Kanji. they've got a full back line, etc. We are going up against a team who have, for want of a better word, and it's not proven yet, but it's pretty obvious, have doped the system hard. Probably the hardest it's ever been doped. We are going up against a team that can pick out a £100 million player just like that. £60 million, just like that. And we're having to do it on... A, from a position of weakness where we've had players in the squad who we had to get rid of, and we've been building up to this point now, Eight, 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 five, fifth fifth place last year. We are on an uneven keel, and we are scrapping upwards. And yes, it has been a hard loss and a lesson, a massive lesson, but let's not forget what we're, what we're going up against. A, a, a team that, and I'm, I've referred to it already, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it, that have cheated the system Blatantly cheated the system. They've got fantastic players, but they've done it through, you know, untoward means. But that and they've created this massive gargantuan juggernaut. But for us, we're on the upward curve. I said it last night on the space. We are still on that upward curve. To your point, we are we are we've got massive gaps in the squad. And I think Arteta recognizes it. For all I just said just now, I still know that he is the man to guide us in filling those gaps. As he said, we are only a phase three of five in his plan. So there's many more phases, and he's going to learn. He's learned. I'm pretty sure he took yesterday and went, I'm, I'm going to store this, and I'm going to remember what you did because I'm coming next year, and I'm coming back hard because we'll get the personnel we need. I'm pretty sure of that. If we've got any ambition, we will get the personnel we need, and
0: we will be back, for, and we we will be stronger. Just, to,
3: just before we move James. on to from- just, I'm
0: not going to move on, James. I'm gonna, I will come to you. There's a couple of comments before I forget that. the Just classic things that really sort of get to me. Uh, Saphiroth, I think I've pronounced so correctly. We also spent money in capital letters. Guys, we can't just use that excuse all the time. They are cheeses, but they got beat by Brentford and Tottenham. Look, Any team can lose to any team on the day. I get that. Yeah, we did spend money. One window, two windows, three windows, five windows, whatever. City have been spending money for like 10, 12 windows. This isn't just Manchester City of like have just appeared out of nowhere. They've spent more than a billion pounds on transfer fees in the last like five six years, and Arsenal. Yeah, we did spend last summer, and we spent in the winter, and we spent uh, in the summer before that. But, like, it's nowhere near. We you cannot even compare. And there's another comment here, James. Sorry, just before I go to you, uh, Bear Eats World. Uh, welcome to the show. It says doped the system hard. The same team that got your manager, um, that you got your manager from, and two players. It's not like Arsenal has not benefited from this doping. Well, first of all. Michele, of course, started his career with Arsenal, went to uh, City. We we gave you him. Uh, and and the two players that you talk about rejects really at Manchester City. They were surplus to requirements, not required anymore. City had blown uh, new players out of the water with, with hefty sort of fees. Um, so, yeah, we're sort of scraping the barrel and picking up some of the players that weren't wanted at City. So, yeah, I, I get the whole we've spent as well, but we really haven't. We really haven't in comparison to City. Go on, James.
3: Uh, I was just going to say, I know we're saying about yeah, Arteta didn't have the players to he he had to play holding because we had no one else in the position. You you could have really justified. Everyone expected Pep to play Laporte at left back, and all Arsenal fans were licking their lips, thinking, "Oh, Saka against Laporte—that's that's, that's a, quite an enticing opportunity." But he didn't. He took a risk and said, "You know what? I'm going to play Ak- I'm going to play a Kanji left back," which no one no one expected. I don't think even Arteta would have expected. But he took that risk and it worked out, but we didn't. So, yes, they do have the riches that we don't have, but to say Pep has two players in every position, he didn't have Ake, so he played a centre-back there. We don't have Saliba. We don't have to play holding there. There are other options, but for whatever reason, I thought Arteta, and I've been a soldier from day one, I thought he was a bit cowardly on the day and I thought he he said, if I'm going to... If I'm going to die on a sword, I'll die by the sword that I've been I've been winning with all year, even though it hadn't been working for the past few games, rather than saying, OK, one last roll of the dice, because if he did roll the dice and it went wrong, people would have said, why did you make those changes?
0: I think you're absolutely right. Uh, we need to get cracking and sort of talk about some of the goals that we've conceded. This is going to be painful. I warned you, uh, graphics are going to maybe cause some PTSD. Look, first and foremost, Wayne, we've got a terrible record at the Etihad in recent years. I mean, look at those score lines; Just look at them. I've been to probably everyone bar two. Um, so that's, that's problem number one. I, need, I just need to stop going to games for my own sanity, for my health, and for the pelters that I take from these clowns and everybody else on Twitter. But, Wayne, let's bring you back into the chat. Kevin De Bruyne, seven minutes on the clock, waltzes through the Arsenal defence, passes it into the goal, and it's not the lead or the start that you want to have at the, the Had, because the crowd, they got up, the non-existent crowd, they got up, they were in our faces, and it just put them in the mood. Um, what were your thoughts on that first goal, Wayne? Could we have done better?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There were two players in particular that were all over the place for that goal. Rob Holden and Thomas don't really understand how we allowed ourselves to get into the situation from... <laughs> When we had them backed in their corner, I thought we were actually structurally okay. We forced them into a long punt, and although it's Erling Haaland that's there, you kind of, either, if City are just going to go long and they're going to force it into the air, we might be able to get that second ball. But Rob Holden, I don't know whether he was maybe a little bit Timid or afraid after the FA Cup game because he got in way too tight during that FA Cup game against Harland because of it, and he just wasn't very aggressive and allowed Haaland so much space and and didn't even really challenge him to try and to make it difficult for him to bring it down to De Bruyne the way that he did and he, and once Harland has got control of the ball. Holding's completely taken out of the game. He's nowhere near the defence as De Bruyne's running through. Thomas Partey switches off for one second and De Bruyne is gone, and then he just doesn't get back. It, it was poor defensively from him, and then to get beaten at the near post, it, Aaron Ramsdale will be disappointed by that. I think the argument maybe is it's a bit of a snapshot and you don't really necessarily think that De Bruyne's going to put it there from that angle, and he was maybe caught off guard, but a goalkeeper can't really be beat at the near post like that it's just in the seventh minute of the quote unquote title decider you can't you can't concede a goal like that it was just poor all round.
0: james i want to come to you for the second goal uh, but m's just in the chat caught my eye uh, loads of ramsdale slander he made uh he made really good uh save three first half saves it Scott to stop the scoreline getting embarrassing he absolutely did ramsdale did, did did come to our rescue um Oh, oh, just saying, Holding has been at Arsenal for eight years, he shouts. Uh, I've, I've picked that up by mistake, sorry. James, um, after De Bruyne scored, they did knock on the door and they almost banged it down a few times. Had it you know, not been for, for Ramsdale, it probably would have been two or three. Even though that they were pummeling us, I sort of turned to Tim and I said, as long as it's 1-0, we've got a chance. We then gave away a really shite free kick right just before halftime. You can see the still there, courtesy of ESPN. There was a VAR sort of decision in the stadium. We obviously didn't catch any sight of this, but it looks like he is offside. I don't know what what's happened there. But the reality is, John Stones he's he's risen and he's netted home and two 0 just before half time. That's the dagger blow. What were you feeling during that goal?
3: That's when I that's when I realised it was over. Basically, I had the same the same feeling as you that it is one nil and we're getting battered. But hang on a minute, if we can keep this scoreline, what happens if we get a lucky break, what happens if uh, we get Martinelli in a good position, we manage to sneak a goal then it's anyone's business, even I wasn't even thinking about a win at that point, I was literally just thinking, if we can draw here, that's what, that's still a very good result, um, and I was really, really pissed off at the foul that was given away there, because first of all, that time in the game it is, let's just get it to half time nothing stupid, Um it, it, it was just a stupid foul to give away. It was absolutely unnecessary. And I, as soon as it happened, I turned around to my mate and I said, they're going to score from this, aren't they? Because it was—it just felt, it ju- It was typical. It was like, right, City know that this is the moment where they need to score to get into the second half 2-0, because otherwise we could have come out in the second half and things would have changed. Um, and yeah, it's it, classic De Bruyne, a brilliant free kick. And it does look offside, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he was on. Uh, It's also a shame because White isn't trying to keep him on there. He gets pushed by the player, not enough for a foul, but enough (laughs) so that White is keeping John Stones onside. And, yeah, great header. There's there's not a lot you can do from there. Uh, But, yeah, don't give the free kick away in the first place. It was absolutely unnecessary.
0: Mm, to be honest i've not even seen the highlights i couldn't bring myself i can't bring myself to see any of the football i didn't even want to watch tonight's game to be honest but you look at the steals and i think there's a lot of people in the chat saying the pgml i've actually confirmed it was on side so james i'll take your word for it warning ladies and gentlemen boys and girls the next slide contains images that you might find disturbing um kevin de bruyne took nine minutes there's the image <laughs> that you're going to find very disturbing Nine minutes into the second half, Kevin De Bruyne has gone up the other end. Erling Haaland, nice little layoff. De Bruyne has taken the shot early and nutmegged uh, holding and, and Ramsdale's beaten for for 3-0. Um, yeah, James said at 2-0 he thought the game was over. 3-0 was the final nail going into the coffin, wasn't it?
2: it really, was, uh, I thought it was over at 2-0 anyways, At the same as James. It just... He thought it was over before
0: think... we even kicked off.
2: Let's be honest. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> Sorry, man. Go on. But no, I mean, it was just. I, I think every Arsenal fan in that stadium knew it was going to come. It wasn't like we were even laying a finger on them in an attacking sense in the first half, and it wasn't going to change. You know, we, we had faint hope in the second half we might have something, but nope. First minute, they were honest like anything on you know, and then they just absolutely just did the same. They just weren't even they weren't even a half pace. We just looked so timid, so weak, and we lacked any conviction in anything we did we didn't have conviction in the tackle didn't have conviction in our passing you could tell players were getting so frustrated you know the the arm movements the gestures gabriel was getting pissed we were giving RG bargy you know it it was that kind of performance where you knew that they're trying to g themselves up in some way and the only way they can do it is in these like micro moments of aggression to you know other players etc and all these kind of things the 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 De Bruyne goal didn't surprise me at all. He's just such a quality player. He keeps doing it and doing it to us. And it was a moment of quality again. You know, Haaland, another great layoff. And you have to give credit to Pep. We've all, you know, waxed lyrical about Haaland's goals, but no one's been talking about him as a good hold up player, which he did excellently in this in this game. I thought his hold up play was excellent. He took he physically dominated Rob Holding, who you thought oh he should be this should be bread and butter because Rob Holding is that old school type of defender, but again, he just looked like a, a boy against a man, considering he's older and he's he's a wiser head, he just didn't look bothered, and he didn't look in the fight at all, so, you know, it was, it wasn't unexpected, to be honest, it was just how long would it be before they score, and they scored within seven minutes of the restart, almost, and it's, it was, it was much more of the same, they just dominated us, quick play, they, we were passing side to side, we got caught out, and they were on us so quickly, it, there's not much more. It, it, the problem is, is that did we do anything of note that we thought, oh, we're going to, at least the second half will be better. It was un- It wasn't until the subs came on that we looked semi decent, but maybe Man City had let, have put their, taken their foot off the gas. But certainly the third goal didn't confirm anything. It was the second goal that really did it. We already knew, as James said, when that second goal went in, we weren't even trying anymore. It was game over game done. we We'd given up. We'd given up quite early. I think we'd, you know, we had got so intimidated by the, the the physicality, the movement, the passing, the aggression. We just withdrew into our shells, and it became this kind of. Uh, we keep using the phrase in this in, in this video, "men against boys," but it really was. It wasn't even funny how physically dominant and and mentally outplayed we were in this game. It's just depressing because I really thought at least we would show moments of hey look we we know we're we're not top dog now but at least we've got the fight in us we didn't even have the fight in us to be honest and that's what's more disappointing to me that we did not even as i said in the in the last late night latte put it all on the table at least you go down swinging we didn't even lay we didn't even lay a
0: punch on them i can't believe you said semi-decent semi semi sorry I've, I, I've worked with a lot Come of America a lot hell? of America, so. what the hell man <laughs> um, obviously look we, we, we scored a goal in between but but um, early did get his 49th goal of the 49th goal of the season it's just fucking ridiculous he's got his goal um, they've obviously scored four but the image on the right hand side is causing a lot of rage and um, I hadn't even sort of noticed the, the captain's armband in the ground. Sanjana says holding winking wanted to smash someone that very moment. Um I don't even know who wants to go on this. Wayne you want to go first? I, I mean I will happily take this. Okay. So <laughs> Rob holding not only does he have the captain's armband on which is really fucking annoying. Uh he's winking after scoring what was obviously a consolation goal. Don't know what he's winking to at what point he's trying to make um he has been at the club for eight years but um yeah wayne just just go man just just go I, I,
1: yeah honestly that moment angered me more than the performance and the result read the room he's been at full for at least, by the end of the game he was at fault for three of the four goals in some way or another and we've come to a point in the season where maybe not directly, but indirectly, he's come into the team and our form has completely taken a nosedive, and our title challenge is while well, not mathematically done, in all sort of realisticness, it's done. You score a consolation goal. Go for I don't mind you sort of waving, cheering, being happy. Where is this ego coming from to you for you to be winking and smiling like you've done anything else in that game? And the thing that ticked me off the most about it is he done the flipping same thing against Southampton. He went for a dribble down the right hand side and he dribbled the ball off the pitch. And then he came back on and I think he caught eyes, I think it was with Ben White, and he winked and smiled like he just, and we were down, I think it was at 3 1. I think we were down 3 1 at that point. And he done the exact same thing. And that really cheesed me off because, where, like I said, read the room. What is going on? It's just not necessary at that particular occasion. And the fact that all Arsenal fans and anyone with sort of any anyone that's been watching us since Saliba's gone down injured can see structurally where the type of issues are coming from. We're playing. We can't play as high. And when we do, we get caught out a little bit. And when we have the ball, we're not as comfortable because we have now someone who is a bit more of a liability in the defence and a bit more of a liability on the ball. For us to now go into a situation where everyone is suggesting, all right, take him out of the team. We maybe need to do something a little bit different. And our manager gives him the captain's armband and plays him for the full 90 minutes. When at half-time you wouldn't have been wrong to sub him off. I just don't understand where this level of trust and where this level of belief is coming from, from Mikel Arteta, because he's obviously seeing something that we're not.
0: He is. There's a couple of comments that I want to address. And James, I want to bring you in on this as well. Um, I think James, you're still there. Are you frozen? Yeah, you're still there. Um, Okay, first of all, yeah. Tim Merrick says, "Mate, I've lived in America for twenty years and I still know how to pronounce semi. Semi, semi. What the hell? Okay, this is a more serious point. MJ Burton, twenty-three. You guys are weird for hating on Holding. It's not his fault he's being played. Okay, MJ Burton, you're right. It is not Rob Holding's fault that he's being played. It is not Rob Holding's fault that he's been at Arsenal for eight years. It's not his fault that Arsenal Wenger bought him for two million quid and and you know he's been at this club and he's been playing when he you know when called upon." completely fair i understand that it is also very reasonable for arsenal fans to try to analyze where things have gone wrong since his sort of arrival into the team and to wayne's point to analyze how we are playing differently with him in the team gabriel doesn't look right ben white doesn't look right aaron ramsdale um, is a little bit shaky A couple of hospital passes in his time Thomas Party absolutely does not look right. He's dropping far too deep to try and compensate for Rob Holding's inability to to move the ball, to progress the ball. Um, But I get it. Still, it's not Rob Holding's fault. But the reality is we have had such an amazing season with such a good defensive structure and setup that when Rob Holding came into the team, all of this stuff went out the window. We've conceded almost a third of our league goals in just the last six games that Rob Holding has played in. And it's not Rob Holding's fault that we've conceded every single one of those goals, but he has had an impact. His presence has had an impact. The absence of Saliba has had an impact. So we have to dissect it and call it for what it is. And um, Zafir also saying, look, like, you know, it's human nature. Everyone's beating up the weakest kid in the room. Well, yeah, he's, he's, he's the weakest player in the lineup. And we're going for a Premier League title. Arsenal are going for a Premier League title. So it's absolutely reasonable in my eyes that we consider the performance of all the players and the impact that each of these individuals have. And for the life of me, I cannot understand why he is worthy of the captain's armband. I cannot understand why Mikel Arteta persists with him. Of course, Mikel knows much better than I do. I completely understand that. That's why I'm sat here on a Thursday night talking to my laptop. Um, but what I see, it's so clear to me in my eyes that he's just not a very good player. He's just not a very good defender. And I get his fourth choice or third choice, you know, while he's watching, while he he loves Rob Holding. Oh, no, my God. But, like, he's just, he's not that guy. And we have to, if we want to progress, move him on this summer. I don't know who's going to come in and buy him, hopefully because he's homegrown and he's he's experienced at playing for Arsenal. Maybe there's a club in the Premier League that will come in and and, and buy him, but we simply need better. James, I want to ask you. Sorry, go on, yeah.
2: The other point I'll, I'll bring to just batter the holding stick a little bit more. Even if he is, the, you know, he doesn't play the ball well and he doesn't pass out, he was supposed to be at least a good header of the ball, physical, etc. Yesterday, no, not even close. He was the weakest defender. Obviously. He didn't even win one header. Has he actually won one header recently, properly against a physical I'm sure challenge? Sure, he has. I'm sure he, he has. Didn't,
3: he, he didn't win a single duel against uh, Southampton. Um, which See, is quite
2: this is so. so so you can beat the stick I can beat the stick because his supposed strengths are not even there what's the so what is he he's just another body he's just he's just a presence what's the point in playing him if he's just doing zero in in these kind of games? against Southampton were we really going to expect anything against
0: harland it, it's not even funny which is and, why and, I but, don't
3: understand why we persist with this
0: because yeah, and, and- MJ's just come back saying, look, we, know, we all know he's not that guy, but the problems lie deeper than simply to bash holding." Look, I'm, I'm, I try to be fair, right? I, I, I don't think I bash players intentionally and get kicks out of it. He's just not a very good player, and he's not—he's probably the worst in the eleven. And yes, it feels like we're bashing, but what do you want us to do? Do you want us to sort of sit back and sort of praise his performances? Do you want us to kind of look back and be like, yeah, actually, no, Rob, you know what, everything's cool. Everything's fine. The team are clearly playing really fine without you and our results have been great. They haven't. Everything's fallen apart since this guy's been in the team. James, sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say?
3: We, we, the, the sad thing is he wasn't good enough for us when we were in eighth. Um, and now we're in a title charge and he's being relied on. And I do exactly. think, I think it does fall a lot on Arteta because if you're going to play a player like him, play to his strengths, we should have gone five at the back, low block. Got City to play in front of us so holding can head it out and kick it out. Um, it would have been a very, very negative way to play. But if you've got holding in the team, that's the way you've got to do it. And if not, then you've got to be more proactive. You've got to play Kivior and ask him to, I don't know, make a pass on his right foot. That's not going to be the end of the world if he plays a left footed centre back, a right, a right centre back, honestly. Um, or even be more creative and do something like Partey right back and Jorginho defensive mid. And it's not ideal at all. But there is a glaring problem, and he has had three games to see this. It's not like this is the first game where, since Saliba's got injured, and he's gone, right, we don't have time to try anything. This is the first game. This this is, sorry, the fourth game that we've had to see if this worked. We conceded two goals, two goals, and three goals, and now four goals. I, I just really hope we don't see him again next game. Again, it's not all his fault, and it's frustrating because... I try and back the players as much as I can. It doesn't help when he's pissing about like that. Um but Arteta is making everyone have to hate him because he's causing us so many problems. So yeah, just need to it just needs to be taken out of the firing line. Come up with a solution, but there are options available. Let's not always make excuses and say, "Oh, there's there's nothing else he could have done apart from play holding there."
0: DFC's in the chat saying it's weird why you're not bashing Gabriel for last night. I mean, I don't know if, you're, if that's tongue-in-cheek or if you're being sincere, DFC. I know you've been a loyal watcher of the channel as well. I appreciate that. But it's so obvious why we're not bashing Gabriel because a player like Gabriel might make a mistake or two. Fine, no problem. He's, he's got the credit in the bank because he's arguably been our best player this season. What a wonderful season he's having as he's a also, as a central defender.
3: to interrupt. He was first to apologise on social media,
0: um, which yeah, is and all- and okay, oh. and you know, that might not mean much to, to to Arsenal fans, but it's a nice touch. It's, it, it he the guy is a colossal defender, and so that's why you I know mean, it's not weird at all, man. He's just been an amazing performer for us, and he's made a mistake, fine, but this guy keeps making mistakes, even in games where we won comfortably at Crystal Palace. You know, there were a couple of lunges that he made that just led to chances at the Emirates. He did it at Spurs last season. How do you not remember that? The red card against Son, like he's just cost us. I know he had a really good performance in the FA Cup against Diego Costa that one year. Brilliant. Fantastic. Great. I mean, he got all the credit that that he deserved. You know, the whole better than Cannavaro at the time. He was put up on this pedestal. Wonderful. And when he's having a bad run in the team, when he's not contributing to the team or to the the good of the team, you've got to also criticise that. Um, I don't want to make this show all about Rob Holding, but but Wayne, got any closing thoughts on on Rob and the game itself before we look at the title race and and, and what it means?
1: I think uh, I 100% agree that it's not all Rob Holding's fault. And I think that Mikel Arteta needs to take a huge portion of the blame because Rob Holding shouldn't be in this limelight. He shouldn't be in this spotlight. And he shouldn't have been in it from last year after what he had done in the North London Derby. And I think the big thing for me, one of the biggest flaws in Mikel Arteta and something that I've criticised him on from day one, he tr- he trusts in, I guess, the wrong people. And he doesn't give that sort of same loyalty to players who... I'm thinking of, for example, Kieran Tierney this year. Kieran Tierney has maybe done one or two things to let Mikel Arteta slash the team down. He's not able to pass like Zinchenko and he doesn't have the best injury record. And he's been cast aside like he's been no part of the team this year. And when you've seen Kieran Tierney play when Zinchenko's been out, nine times out of ten, you can sit there as an Arsenal fan and you can say, do you know what? You can kind of understand why Mikel Arteta has done that with Kieran Tierney. But time and time again, he's persisting with Rob Holden. And to James's point, we have other defenders. There are other alternatives. Even if you're going to play Rob if you're not going to play a back three, don't ask Granit Xhaka to do what he's been doing all season. Play with a pivot. Do what Pep done. Ask Gundogan to basically sit and you play in a 4-2-3-1 and just protect and mask and cover Rob deficiencies as much as possible. And if Mikel Arteta is going to be ruthless, I'm 100% with it. I completely support his decisions with the way that he dealt with the Aubameyang situation. I completely supported with the way he took Pepe out of the team when really and truly Pepe wasn't really offering us anything. But if you're going to be ruthless to the majority of the squad, you have to be ruthless with all of the squad. You can't pick and choose who you're going to be ruthless with just because Rob Holden is a good character in the dressing room.
0: MJ Burton says he totally agrees with Wayne. That's a Right, first. James. <laughs> that, is a, that is a first. Uh, right, James, uh, the title race... Uh... Those are the four fixtures that have really cost us, really cost us, obviously losing to City, the 3-3 against Southampton, the 2-2 away at West Ham, the 2-2 at Anfield. And of course, that is the league table. 33 games on the board, 75 points, 31 for Manchester City, and they're two points behind. James, any chance?
3: Uh, No. Um, I I just don't... There's no point... If anything happens then expect the worst and be surprised if the best happens, basically. Um, I have no expectations from now. Man City are a winning machine. They know how to manage these run-ins. My only really hope and dream is that potentially, if City can drop points before that last game, even even if they don't drop points on the last game, even if they don't lose against Brentford, wouldn't it be so nice to just have that little tiny bit of hope going into the wolves game because as I say I I'm going. Um and at one point those those tickets were worth um a small fortune. But yeah, everyone seems to be selling theirs now. Um but I just hope that there's part of me that just wishes on that day that if they drop if they lose a game before then and it goes into the last game then anything could happen. I absolutely don't think don't think we will win. Um, But yeah, there's a a tiny, tiny bit of hope that keeps burning inside me. And just also on Arteta, I know we've talked a lot about his deficiencies today. I'm sure everyone knows that Arteta is the reason why we are here in the first place. So we're not bashing him as a manager, but naturally he still has flaws, as most managers do. And I think yesterday kind of exposed quite a few of them.
0: Yeah, when you look at the fixtures on screen, they're as painful as they are. Where where do you think the league title was, well, I guess, lost um, as at things today? Like, where where has it all gone wrong? Was it Anfield not being able to hold on three three minutes to go? Was it West Ham being 2-0 up and chucking it? Was it Southampton? The the crazy part and the just...
2: All three, Fives, because each of them, we were up. Uh, Well, no, Southampton we weren't. Liverpool, we were up 2-0. West Ham, 2-0. And we let it slip because we got complacent and we, and it's, you know, all this stuff started to creep in. How against West Ham, we didn't even give them a sniff until that stupid penalty. It made no sense. Southampton was com- pure complacency. We thought we were going to just stroll over the, the, the bottom team and they absolutely turned up and they absolutely did it to us. And we were even lucky to get away with a point if we really be honest. Um, and then we got absolutely schooled by Man City. These three the three games beforehand are where we lost it, because we got complacent, we're either burned out or the rob holding issue, we're destabilized, but for whatever reason, we slipped in those games and we've given it to city. We didn't even you know the problem was we've been at the top for so long, and then we wrapped it as we've usually done. and that it's the you know the worst thing, the worst thing that's going to really great me at the end of the season is Gary Neville was actually right. We bottled it and we bottled it. Hang on. No, 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 we did. We, 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 no, we, we bottled it in terms of, we have given it to them. We have, you know, it's not the case of if we lost at the Etihad and we still had the points. Fair enough. We were beaten on the day, but we gift wrapped it to them in two games, West Ham and Liverpool, because Liverpool were up and Liverpool are, they're okay this season, but they're not anything special and at 2-0 you would have sharp shop and you know you know play to and don't let the anfield crowd get on it but we did and we gave it to them then then west ham we were cruising fires. even you and I said we were cruising and then we gave away a silly foul in the box we gave hope to west ham and then from there that's all you need against us because then we crumbled southampton it was just a capitulation plain and simple and then, you know, Man City did what they did. So I, I I hate to call it what it was, but it is a bottle job. And it is just, it, maybe it's because it's our first title running, but I am calling what it is.
0: Yeah, I just take exception to the Gary Neville prove, right? Gary Neville thought that we weren't even going to make top four at the start of the season. He thought Manchester United, we're going to finish second. And and yes, in the end, you know, you chuck enough mud and something's bound to stick. Um a lot of people think that it was Anfield, the turning point. You know, three minutes away. Firminio crops up, scores the goal. I think for me it was West Ham. I think under normal circumstances, a draw at Anfield, given our horrific record there, was fine. We had we had we started so beautifully at West Ham. And we have absolutely just thrown that game. Thrown him. Individual mistakes, cockiness, arrogance, whatever you want to call it, missing that penalty to go 3-1. That was the one. And then Southampton at home. Yeah, to, you know, 85 minutes on the clock and we'd not had a shot on target in that second half. And then, of course, we get it to 3-3, eight minutes injury time goes up, Leo Trossard hits the bar. We just should not be in that position against the bottom team. We should not be chasing a game at home. Again, complacency, yeah, whatever. It, we've we, we completely fucked it. And yesterday, of course, was, was a humbling of, of epic proportions. And I guess that brings me on to the last slide, ladies and gents, boys and girls, and James, I want to ask you first and, and f- sort of finish with Wayne. It's another slide that's going to cause a lot of pain. I know the season's not over yet. Oh no, sorry, I've I've fucked it. Look, the season's not over yet. The fact that we- Mikel Arteta spoke after the game saying that the fact we're competing toe yeah. be- to toe like with the Man City team is incredible. We're not going to give up. We have to accept that we lost an exceptional to an exceptional team, and that's the level we've got to reach. We've got four games that are going to depress the fuck out of us if we don't get maximum points. Let me move on to the final slide. The final slide is basically this. Did we bottle it? Because that's all I've seen all day. All the Spurs fans have come out of the of the woodwork. This, according to Twenty First Group, says no other side has been first for longer without winning the league title. So since the year two thousand, we've been top for ninety three percent of this of, of this season. Um, so James, have Arsenal bottled it, or have City just run a better marathon? What side of the fence do you do you sort of you know lean towards?
2: You're
3: on again. mute, James. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I hate how you had to post that graphics. I saw it earlier and it really upset me. Um, yes. sorry, the fact
1: that we're the fact that we're four
2: of the, the five at the top there is <laughs> no, no is
3: I know,
0: painful. mate. PTSD is just going, it's crazy not good. Easy this is not right good. <laughs> no, but go on, James.
3: Um, we have bottled it, but we've bottled it to an absolute winning machine, as we said. But to me, as I say, the bottle. Wasn't Liverpool. It individually, the going from two 0 up to drawing into all in the circumstances we did was poor. But also at Anfield, it's such a different game. I personally didn't call him. Didn't call that a bottle. And I don't call the City game yesterday a bottle because going toe to toe at Etihad with City, I don't think we would be expected to win. But the two games against Southampton and West Ham were where we bottled it. Um we know that if that was during the routine part of the season, we'd have rolled over those games with absolute ease. There wouldn't have been such a fuss the way we the way we had to play them, and it is just so frustrating because we're gonna look back and think, what if Saka scored that penalty? What if we weren't fucking about in Southampton? Why did Ramsdale have to try and make that risky pass that he saw De Gea do in in the midweek before we played the game? Um so yeah, I I think we did bottle it. Um, we're a young and experienced team. I don't think Pete, there's such like there's such negativity around that word. It's it's really used to bash a team. So yeah, we did, but we go again. We this this nonsense about oh every team's going to be stronger next year. We are we are going to be stronger. We are going to benefit more than anyone else in terms of that because we have the youngest team in the league, and because now we are at the stage where. We have the final few toppers on the top of the Christmas tree where we can bring in players like Rice. We don't have to worry so much about filling in gaps. We can now start to bring in the real quality that will elevate our level. So, yes, we we did bottle it, but we will be there next year and it will be harder with Champions League. So hopefully Arteta will make use of the squad better. And yeah, we just we go again, basically.
0: Wayne Andy B's in the chat. This is a really salient point. We didn't need to beat Liverpool or Man City. We needed to beat West Ham and Southampton. And I think I mentioned earlier that had we have beaten West Ham, obviously we could have been seven points clear last night. Had we been Southampton, it would have been nine points clear going into Dettia. What a buffer that would have been because we, you know, lose yesterday the way that we did. No one would give a fuck this morning being nine points clear. Who cares? Um, Wayne, I mean, when you see that, what's going through your mind 93 percent we've been top this season that's basically only four match day weekends that we've not been top and we've played more than 30 match days i mean it's it's fucking heartbreaking
1: yes it's it's incredibly frustrating we've gone about potentially losing it and the the strength of this team the last two seasons under Mikel artel and even dating before that to be honest with you after the the new year turn of form is we've beaten the teams that we've been expected to beat. And last year when we were going for top four, fan was saying the top six, the top six games, they will they're nice to get points. But you beat the rest of the league, you finish in you finish in the top four. And it came unstuck against Southampton last year. And this year, look, you go to Anfield and you go 2-0 up. Expect to win the game, especially the way that we were playing. And I think that Arsenal fans in general can allow that one because it's Anfield, Liverpool are still quality and the fact that we've got such a bad record there. Yes, we went 2-0 up. It was disappointing not to come away with three points. But you, in isolation, you can allow that one. Doing the same thing against a relegation at the time, a relegation-threatened West Ham who had just played in the Europa Conference League. Everything that has kind of built up to this season, and FK, I remember you and I had multiple conversations about this. Arsenal fans wanted to be knocked out of the Europa League so that we could play one game a week. Each the part of the season where one game a week can benefit us. So, yeah, I definitely think that we've bottled it. And it's a shame because had we beat West Ham and had we beat Southampton, City would still have to go perfect. Even if they beat us, they would have to win their two games in hand and if they won those two games and had go to goal difference, and there's every opportunity now that it still goes to the last day, but City would still have to be 100% perfect. And we just allowed them through our own. Diff- it, it wasn't even just because of Rob Holden, it wasn't because of Saliba going down, because we still went to without Saliba against Southampton. I'm sorry, we, they're bottom of the league. We shouldn't need Saliba to get a routine win at home against a team bottom of the league if you're going for the title. And it's just a real, real shame that the season is kind of petering out this way. I hope that we can get back on the horse against Chelsea. I really, really hope we do. But a team that can't score going against us the way that we're defending right now, it doesn't really give me a lot of confidence. Listen, anything can happen until the end of the season. I just don't see it right now. Just give us, like, I'm like James. Just give us an opportunity on the final day and and whatever happens, happens.
0: Uh, P. Trim 1902, FK is the most expletives I've heard from you this season. Um, It's because I'm really sad, man. And it's because I'm exhausted, obviously, coming home and getting two and a half hours sleep and having to work in the city all day. And I've got to go to Manchester, fucking Manchester, tomorrow morning. Um, if anyone's in Houston at like half six in the morning, come and say hello, get me a coffee. But yeah, I mean, look, it's just really sad. And a season that had so much promise and so much excitement, so many memorable days out and, and nights at the Emirates. Uh, it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. And I know there are some romantics amongst us who will be like, you know, it's not over until it's really over. Mathematically, it's still possible, which of course it is. But listen, all the all the signs now, point towards Manchester City winning this. They've got a fully fit squad, a great squad that to Yem's point, um they're lucky to have. Um but they are they are a top top team, top top gaffer, and I think they're going to do it. And listen, chaps and boys and girls watching, we should be really encouraged by what we've seen this season. You know, nobody in our wildest dreams could we have expected that we'd be challenging this Manchester City team and top for 9 months of a season with the squad that we've got. To me it's clear we just don't have the depth. We've got a great first eleven. We need more muscle power, more dynamism, more physicality in that team. The noises coming out of the club are very, very encouraging. Public pursuit of Moises Caicedo in January looks like we're still going to go in for him. He, you know, he sort of agreed to move to us, but Ryan just wouldn't sell him. Declan Rice, all of the you know the, the 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 distinguished journalist Henry Winter, the most recent one saying that it's it's almost as good as done. Ray Parlour talking about it being as good as done. I mean what a signing he would be. And if we can go out and get maybe one or two more, there's every reason to be excited about where Arsenal are and where Mikel's taking us and if you look at the way that we play and look at the stats of the games that we've covered on this channel every week, like there is enough reason to be really excited about what's coming and all the rival fans and all the the anti-Arsenal sort of media that are labeling us as bottlers and all that. So sort of, these wankers never thought we had a chance of getting into the top four. They don't even, they, they hate the fact that we're here. They can't stand to see us, you know, go toe to toe with this man city team. And okay. hasn't worked out for us, but, but just don't lose that hope. And um, the guys, they're just, they're just envious that it's not them. Uh, look, if anybody wants to follow Wayne, he is at Wayne's world, 20 underscore Wayne. Thank you so much for joining tonight, man. And let's get you back after the Chelsea game for the post-match phone. And that would be good um james is at jf uh, afc J-X-M-E-S. james thank you my man thank you for joining i uh, really appreciate your time and of course Yem Bele, who who is my co-host last night on the post-match phone which isn't available on spotify because only wayne knows how to record those but if you want to listen to the post-match phone in go along to the twitter handle of latte firm and it's just on the timeline plus play and hear what arsenal fans had to say Yem is at verge 59 um That's your lot, guys. Not the most positive show. We've had some really highs, big, big highs this season. It's difficult trying to come in and and talk about a game uh, the way that we lost it last night and what it might sort of mean for the rest of the season. There are just a few games to go, and you never know. If we can take it to the last day of the season, if there's a twist and turn to be had, I am ready, and we will be there. Right, until next time, guys, thank you for your time. Look after yourselves. It is, of course, bye for now.